Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. We are broadcasting live from Sarasota, Florida today. Our lighting is a little bit off. We're outdoors in the courtyard of our dear friends who have allowed us to come here year after year to celebrate our anniversary or a birthday, and we praise God for them. That's uh, Robert and Christine, and may the Lord bless them richly. I want to pray with you today, and I want to pray a prayer that was written and sent out Yesterday, I believe I got most of this out yesterday, and I want to share it with you. Praise the Lord. And so let's pray this prayer together today. And I want to begin, good morning, Father. Thank you for this new day once again. You are awesome. Your life beams through like the rays of the sun, and I am warmed to awaken with such knowledge of your divine love the only true love in the created universe. I am comforted today because I know you are with me and that you are guiding me through these turmoilous days. I am fearfully and wonderfully made by you, and I have a very strong expectation that today you are going to do some amazing things, whether they be little or big, they will be amazing. I am already thanking you for the plans and purposes you have for me today, and I am already preparing myself to be led by your spirit, knowing that as I am, I will be given power to become a true son or daughter of God. I would not want my life to be lived any other way than the way you have planned for me. I am trusting you that from the moment I awake this morning to the setting of the sun tonight, 
that I am completely absorbed within Christ Jesus, my Lord and King. I am absolutely convinced that I live and move and have my being in the Christ in whom I am hid. Today, as I go, Father, I ask that you would manifest your presence in my life so that wherever I go or whatever situations I may encounter, that I will have the witness that you are with me and that your presence will cause all who are around me to acknowledge that there is something beyond the average and mediocre presence of mere men. Help me to open my mouth among the nations that pass by me today and grant me the boldness to proclaim your glorious Son, Jesus, to all you would lead me to. Father, I truly believe this is a new season in my life and that you are moving with precision and pure accuracy through the nations, and I pray that my life would be lived within the center of what you are doing within the very heart, the very eye of your movement. As I stand here today, I give way to your work in my life, I surrender to your will for me. Though my eyes may see storms and terrible things around me, I am confident that nothing will touch my life without your complete and total permission, and therefore I will live out loud and courageous, not fearing what man may do to me, but only fearing you who are worthy to be feared. You are holy, and I love you, and I desire to walk in your holiness and within the context of what you are doing today. I am asking, even desiring, to be a vessel meet for my master's use and prepared unto every good work. Now, let the business of your kingdom be transacted in my life. Send me on my assignment you need, on any assignment, for I am available to you today. My heart is thirsting to serve you in an acceptable way. Father, I sense that as I stand still before you, before moving out today, that there are some things in my life that you are pruning away. I sense that you are separating from me all things that would offend you or are an offense to me. I see you separating your wheat from all chaff. I see you separating the sheep from the goats. I am waiting, standing still, watching you cut away all the flesh of my human nature by the spirit you have given and sent into my heart. There are so many thoughts and questions that I have to ask you and a pulsating and passionate desire to walk with you today. So here I go, ready to move forward into this great gift of life you have for me today. I thank you for my complete healing and total restoration of my body, soul, and spirit. So as I go, I do go as a whole person created in your image, fearfully and wonderfully made in your very likeness. I love you, Father. May I bring joy to your heart today as I live by faith, only seeking to please you. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus, for every person that's tuning in today and all that will hear this message, I pray, Father, for the outrageous, courageous love of God to be manifested in every life. I thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is here to guide us and to give us wisdom and to lead us and navigate us through the storm that lie ahead. We thank you, Father, that we are pilgrims and sojourners on this earth, that the eternal things are before us and within us, and everything we see, hear, touch with our sense life is a temporary reality. So we give you praise today for eternal life through your eternal spirit. We thank you for the spiritual intelligence and wisdom that we will all need in the days that lie ahead. Father, we have chosen to believe your word above any other that there is no other voice, there is no other mind, there is no other message that we have 
chosen to take heed to, but we take heed to every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, for it is our bread, it is our life, and we thank you and praise you that even today as we go into your word that we will be led and revelation will come into our hearts and minds in Jesus' name, that you'll bring peace to your body, victory to your people, success for all those who have put their hand to the plow and refuse to look back. We thank you for the spirit of endurance in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. So I want to read to you um, a few uh, verses out of the book of Hebrews today. And I found this. Now, I've been reading my Bible for 39 years, 39 long years. And that's a long time to be reading the Bible. (laughs) So I came across Hebrews chapter 11, which I've read, I don't know how many times over the years, but I saw something that I've really never paid attention to as deeply as I think we need to in the days that we're living in right now. So I'm going to read one verse out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 27. And no, I can't just read one verse. Let me go back to verse 24. Okay, so Hebrews 11. Nah, let's go back to verse 23. All right, so Hebrews 11:23 says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. So the first thing I want to talk about today is the faith of Moses' parents. Moses was a little baby. You remember the edict that went out, kill all the babies, two years and younger, all the male babies, right? Well, his parents saw something in this child that they thought was worthy of life. And so they hid him three months because they saw that he was a proper child. And they, their faith, propelled them beyond fear of the king's commandment. That would be the pharaoh of the days of Egypt. And so they did not fear that edict about killing all the babies and obeying what the king would tell them to do. And I thought that was important. And now in verse 24, it says, By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. So here, Moses, being older, makes a decision. He makes a choice to come and condescend down to men of low estate, if you will, the Israeli people who were slaves in Egypt, and he forsakes the greatness of what he had been brought up in, and he chooses to suffer affliction and being with the people of God rather than enjoying the pleasures of sin that last for a moment, okay? So in verse 27, it says, By faith, excuse me, verse 26, verse 26, this is back to Moses again, esteeming the reproach of Christ. So you see, there was something even in Moses' day about Christ. So esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. So in other words, he thought suffering for Christ, suffering for his God, was greater than all the treasures of Egypt. He found that to be of a eternal value. He saw that as something more significant than the fleeting temporary treasures of Egypt because he saw what 
that kind of wealth did to people. It perverted their soul from God if they weren't careful and they didn't trust the Lord. They put trust in, in uncertain riches. But he saw the value of serving God. Why? For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. So he knew that while suffering for Christ, suffering with his own people was a reproach for a season, he understood the recompense of the reward in eternal life, in eternity. And boy, did Moses get involved in eternal things, didn't he? He showed up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus and Elijah 1,500 years after he was no more. So that's powerful. But verse 27 is where I really wanted to go. And it says in verse 27, and this is where you and I want to keep things today, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Wow. All right, a couple of things to pull out of this. Number one, he forsook Egypt. That's the world system. He forsook it. He gave it up. He went away from it. He gave it over. He turned away from everything that he had grown up in, all the success, all the wealth, all the treasure, and he forsook it, not fearing the wrath of the king. And, you know, the Pharaoh was very upset with him when he was turning away and starting to go in this other direction. And so as Christians today, we should not be afraid of forsaking the world system and not depending on the world system and literally coming out of the world system, right? Not fearing what man can do to us. And here's how he did it. This is how he did it. And this is how you and I are going to have to do it. It says, for he endured. Now, you know, in Matthew 24, Jesus said that he who endures to the end shall be saved. So how did Moses endure? How did he endure the the wrath of the Pharaoh? How did he endure the, the dislike of his Egyptian brothers and sisters and friends and family that he grew up with in. How did he do it? It says, as seeing him who is invisible. So in other words, faith has eyes. Faith has eyes. And he was able by faith to see him, God, who is invisible. And you and I are walking by faith right now. Everything we believe as Christian men and women is because we believe the word of God. We have faith to see what God is saying in his word about the world in which we live. And there are many things that God speaks about in his word. The good news is that we have been saved by grace through faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's the gospel. That's the good news. The good news is that you and I, mankind, all who believe in Jesus, have had our sins forgiven, that our conscience is clear before God. There is no guilt, shame, or condemnation hanging over our head like the sword of Democles, right, or Damocles. There is no sword hanging over our head any longer. All the judgment that was upon us and against us was taken away in the death, burial, resurrection, and ascension of Jesus Christ. When he died on the cross, he took that wrath, he took that judgment away from us. That's a finished work. And according to our faith and according to the level of belief, we know that that sword hanging by a horse's hair, if you will, of judgment and wrath is gone. 
So you and I have been liberated and set free by the gospel, and that is according to our faith, our faith to believe what the word of God says. None of us in our generation were there 2,000 years ago. We don't even understand what that culture or environment was for the most part, but we do believe today, which is supernatural to have faith. And it's not a blind faith. It's a living faith. It's a faith that has eyes. It is a faith that sees him who is invisible. It is a faith that creates endurance. How are you and I going to walk through the season ahead, the time that we're in right now, the time we've been through? How did we get through it? It's always by faith. It's always going to be by faith, the eyes of our understanding, the eyes of our faith, seeing him who is invisible in every situation. Whether you're the Apostle Paul on the ship during the storm of Eurachlodon, um, what did he do? He had eyes to see beyond the storm into the realm of God's glory in heaven, and angelic visitations with messages came into his spirit so that he was able to encourage the 276 people that were on the ship with him. Paul's eyes of faith took him beyond the storm into a revelation of what was going to happen, and not one life was taken. So you and I are going to be called, and we've always been called, to faith, and our faith has eyes to see him who is invisible. This is super important. And I'm just going to stop right there with the scripture and talk a little bit about what just happened this past weekend. Uh, As you know, Patricia and I for three weeks have been trying to get away for our little anniversary celebration. And uh, we were blessed to come down. We found a flight on Breeze Airways for $44.00. Uh, to come one way each, $44. I mean, my God, eat tacos for $44. And so we have friends in Sarasota that for many, many years, we've known them for a long, long time, uh, they have opened their home to us. And so they have a bedroom upstairs and we uh, come and inhabit the bedroom. We were picked up last night uh, by one of their friends, Chris, uh, who did nothing but speak the word of God all the way over here and totally born again. So we're having a, a beginning of just three days of just spending time together and resting and reflecting. But we just came off of a three-day conference. It was a very small, intimate gathering that began Friday night, and it grew Saturday, and it even grew more on Sunday. And the level of anointing that was being released into the body of Christ and those that came to hear the Word of God was nothing short of just what God does. And we came out of that meeting so very blessed by Chris and Maxine Brochu. And Chris and Maxine came and they imparted their gift. And it was kind of like an impromptu. It happened very quickly. And it brought forth such reconciliation and restoration. It was absolutely amazing. And so we spent those days together. And you know what happens when you get into the environment of the kingdom. It just kind of, it gets all around you. And before you know it, everywhere you go, you're finding favor, you're finding kindness, you're finding good things. Um, and, and the blessing that it was imparted to New Wine Ministries uh, was nothing short of very genuine and real. And I believe many people's lives have been touched by that conference. And so what we plan on doing is every month this year, we're going to welcome guest speakers who are anointed for this hour to come to the New Wine Ministry 
gathering place, our worship center, and to impart to the body of Christ. Patricia and I have been doing this work for 29 years together, and we've been laboring in the love of Christ to do it the best way we know how to do it, by the grace of God always. And yet we realize that um, what God is doing, he, he is building his house. God is building his house, and his house is not made of brick and mortar. It's made of human beings. It's made of hearts that have been born again. And the fivefold ministry of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher are the builders in the house of God. I call them the Zerubbabel builders because it's Zerubbabel that built the foundation, and he will also complete it, shouting to the headstone in Zechariah 4. We talked about that. So I believe a restoration of the building ministries in the hearts of men. So when people like Chris and Maxine walk into the environment and we invite that anointing and we welcome that for the purpose of building into the saints of God, well, we just go shoulder to shoulder on that and we thank God for it. So every month, even this month, we're going to have a guest speaker come that we believe is relevant, anointed, and appointed by God and assigned by God to release something into the body so that we can continually grow. We all need to be built into. There's no doubt about it. So uh, that is our plan. This November, I've, Patricia and I are praying about who we're going to invite, and we've got to get that out pretty soon before the end of October. And it's probably going to be around November 20th and November 21st that we'll have our next guest speaker come. Uh, the New Wine Ministry family blessed Chris and Maxine uh, in, in a spectacular way. We met with them yesterday before leaving, and they were blown away by the generosity and the love of the New Wine Ministry family. And so uh, they took Chris and Maxine into their homes. Klaus and Sienna was a beautiful gift, and I won't even go on to all the great things that were done. So while there was spiritual impartation, there was a reciprocation of the New Wine Ministry family to make sure that Chris and Maxine had their needs met, Everything was covered. They left extremely happy and blessed and were absolutely blown away by the level of maturity that already did exist in the New Wine Ministry family. And the New Wine Ministry body ought to be very happy about that. And yet God is accelerating his work in building into us. And I know something about Chris and Maxine. You don't, with your head, get it for a long time in some cases the anointing that's at work behind the scenes. You see the man, you hear the message, you go for the prayers, but there's such a deeper work than that. There's something that's moving and stirring, and uh, we'll just see how it goes, but I know that there's always good fruit involved. So we get into this extensive you know, time right now, and I got my notes here. <laughs> On the airplane, I got my notes. And... Eyes of faith. I don't want you to forget that. It says again that in verse 27 that Moses, okay, by faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. God is invisible to the natural eye. There's no doubt about it. I mean, we could look out at creation and we could say, wow, he's created all things good. There's no doubt. I believe God created the universe with functionality and beauty. I mean, the aesthetics of the universe are absolutely amazing. That's why people go all over traveling to see the beautiful parts of God's creation. Well, but it's also very functional. And I think everything we do should be functional and beautiful. Okay, that's just my take on it. 
but he's invisible. While we see his works, he himself is invisible, and yet the eye of faith has an ability to see the invisible God. And how that works is knowing by the spirit of revelation, and that is particularly in the New Covenant, the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we have, the internal dwelling of the spirit of the living God, awakening and quickening us so that we can comprehend and be illuminated and enlightened, like the scriptures tell us. God wants the lights to go on in all of us, and he wants that eye of faith or the eyes of our faith to see beyond all the situations, to see God, to give us the ability to endure, to endure. And endurance is everything. Endurance is the key to everything. And you and I are going to have to learn to endure. Now, here's something that you may want to look at, okay? And I'm just going to lay it out there. And this is, uh, I can't show it on my phone, but you can see what it says there, the winter storm warning. All right, the winter storm warning. I want to read this to you. I sent it out to a lot of people yesterday, but uh, this is from Prophecy News Watch, and it is an article titled The Perfect Winter Storm, Simultaneous Shortage of Oil, Natural Gas, (laughs) excuse me, Florida weather, right? Amen. So again, simultaneous shortage of oil, natural gas, propane, and coal. Here's the article. I realize that the headline that I have chosen for this article may sound a bit wild to many of you, but keep reading because what we are potentially facing is extremely serious. Right now, we are already in the midst of an epic global energy crisis. There have already been significant power outages all over the planet, and prices are spiking at a pace that is absolutely breathtaking. With each passing day, it seems like supplies of oil, natural gas, propane, and coal just keep getting tighter. And what is really odd is that it is happening so early in the year. Summer just ended a few weeks ago, and the heart of winter in the northern hemisphere is still several months away. So if things are this bad already... What are things going to look like when we get into January and February? Well, this morning I was stunned when I pulled up the Drudge Report and saw that one gas station in California was now selling gasoline for $7.59 a gallon. Gas keeps getting more and more expensive, especially in California, but perhaps nowhere is it pricier than the remote Central Coast community of Gorda. The town's only gas station is offering regular unleaded for $7.59. Premium is nearly $8.50 a gallon. The good news is that a gallon of gasoline is not nearly that high in most of the rest of the nation. But the bad news is that prices are rising aggressively from coast to coast. As of yesterday, Fox News was reporting that the price of gasoline has risen for 22 straight days. The main reason why prices are skyrocketing is because supplies are starting to get really tight. In fact, it is being reported that the crude oil hub in Cushing, Oklahoma, could be effectively out of crude in just a few weeks. In a note, 
Predicting the near-term dynamics of the oil market, J.P. Morgan's commodity, Natasha Keneva, writes that in a world of pervasive natural gas and coal shortages, which are forcing the power sector to increasingly turn to oil, boosting demand by 750 BKD during winter and drawing inventory by 2.1 MMBD in November and December, Cushing oil storage which just dropped to 31.2 mm barrels, the lowest since 2018. So whatever all those little MMBs are about, we know that this isn't good. So here's what was said. Maybe just weeks from being effectively out of crude. Hmm. The bank's conclusion, here's a quote. If nothing were to change in the Cushing balance over the next two months, we might expect front WTI spreads to spike to record highs, a super backwardation scenario. So needless to say, we have never seen anything like this happen before. In such a scenario, how high could the price of oil potentially go? And if oil price records are being shattered in the months ahead, what will ordinary Americans have to pay when they go to fill up their vehicles? I have a feeling that we are about to enter uncharted territory. Meanwhile, one expert recently told Bloomberg that we could soon be facing propane market Armageddon. In the report by Bloomberg, Annie or Ang says prices for the first quarter of 2022 are already far above later supplies, saying, quote, it may indicate players are preparing for propane market Armageddon. He added that some areas could see outright shortages before winter ends. To add to the stress, Pointner says some weather forecasts are already calling for a colder than normal winter. Thanks to the La Nina effect, experts call for an 87% chance of the system bringing an early and harsh winter season. The use of the term outright shortages definitely alarms me because there are millions of Americans that use propane to heat their homes. If the propane runs out in the middle of the winter, what are those people supposed to do? On the other side of the globe, a tightening of natural gas supplies has become an enormous problem. According to Global News, natural gas prices in Europe and Asia have more than tripled in 2021. Regional natural gas markets in the United States are seeing prices for this winter surge along with global record highs, suggesting that the energy bills causing headaches in Europe and Asia will hit the world's top gas producer before long. So gas prices in Europe and Asia have more than tripled this year, causing manufacturers to curtail activity from Spain to Britain and sparking power crises in China. In addition to a lack of natural gas, a severe coal shortage has also contributed to the economic chaos that we witness in China at the moment. Just recently, CNN reported that energy shortages had already spread to 20 different provinces. Now, before I go any further, what's coming to my mind as I'm reading are the wise virgins who have oil in their lamp in the midnight season. So while the world is talking about a coal, a coal shortage, a natural gas shortage, a propane shortage, and an, uh, a gasoline shortage, okay, there's a shortage of that type of energy, God is telling the wise virgins all along, 
get oil for your lamp. You're going to be going through a midnight season. Get ready. You're going through the dark winter of the soul, perhaps, or you're going through a spiritual winter. And I'm thinking also about what just happened, what was it, last year, when in, in Texas, the temperatures got down to 18 below zero or wherever it was, and people's lines were breaking and busting everywhere. So this is not a far-fetched idea. It's something that's there. So let me continue now. Power shortages have spread to 20 provinces in recent weeks, forcing the government to ration electricity during peak hours and some factories to suspend production. These disruptions resulted in a sharp drop in industrial output last month and weighed on the outlook for China's economy. India is being hit really hard by the global coal shortage as well. In fact, we are being told that most of India's coal plants have critically low levels of coal inventory. So most of India's coal-fired power plants have critically low levels of coal inventory at a time when the economy is picking up and fueling electricity demand. Coal accounts are around 70% of India's electricity generation. So the truth is that my headline for this article is not over the top at all. The shortages aren't something that we have to wait for. They are already here, and they are going to get a lot worse. Of course, this new energy crisis is going to make our global supply chain headaches even more frustrating. In our economic system, it takes energy to literally do just about anything, and as energy becomes more expensive, virtually every form of economic activity will also become more expensive. That means that all of the stuff that is made for us in Asia and shipped halfway around the planet is going to start costing a lot more. As toy shortages intensify heading into the holiday season, we are already seeing some resellers pricing toys at nearly 400% of their normal levels. American Girls sold out blonde winter princess doll which retailed for 250 is now going for up to $999 on platforms such as Mercari and eBay. I guess you shouldn't buy those for your kids. So finally, the cat-themed Gabby's Dollhouse, which is also the rage for this year's preschoolers, has nearly quadrupled on some sites from its original $55 price tag. This is the new normal, and so you might as well get used to it. I am shocked that things have deteriorated so rapidly and this new global energy crisis is definitely setting the stage for so many things that I have been warning about. Now, I don't think anybody that's followed this ministry should be shocked about anything. We heard three years ago that it was a time of acceleration, both within the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world. And everything is accelerating to the point of fulfillment as far as prophecy is concerned. As global energy supplies get tighter and tighter, all of us will feel the pain, but not you. You don't have to feel the pain if you have been obedient to the word of God. Now, here's the point, okay? The experts are telling us that things are not going to turn around anytime soon. So I hope you have a plan for this winter and beyond because things are really starting to get crazy out there. So that's the article. We have four months. A month ago, we said we had five months. We heard that by the Holy Spirit. I don't understand the whole thing, but I know that we were told that we had so much time to get positioned, to get ready. My friend from Walmart who ships containers into China, they do all that supply stuff high up in 
the Walmart. I met him on a tennis court, and uh, we kind of bumped into each other, he and his wife and Patricia and I, when we were in Vail, Colorado a few months ago, and we've become pretty close friends. And Tim said to me, whatever you need to get, you need to get it now. And this is one of the higher-ups in Walmart. And it's not just that. It's not just the energy crisis. And, you know, I can't imagine living in Minnesota, South Dakota, North Dakota, Wyoming, uh, Illinois, you know, the really freezing cold northeast and even northwest states when it gets brutal. And then, of course, in the Midwest, Nebraska, uh, Iowa, all those middle-of-the-country states, an energy crisis would be pretty difficult. And then obviously, when you put on top of that, the supply chain is, is so bottlenecked right now. And you've been hearing that for a very long time. Just hold on for one second before you, you, you roll your eyebrows. Don't do that. Again, I don't think you are. I can't think you're taking, beginning to take this a little bit more serious. So we have hundreds of thousands of shipping containers on many ships, there's probably well over 100 ships now at sea that have hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of shipping containers with product that are wanting to come into our country, to the consumer nation, okay, so that they could be made rich, the merchants of the earth. I shared that with you last week out of Revelation chapter 18. So not only do we have a supply chain lockup, a bottleneck, and it's being caused in purpose for some intent of the global new world order, one world government folks. We know that. And I know it's a union and I know it has some other causes to it. But we also have a vaccination mandate that's coming very strongly as well, where people are getting, and who knows the next step. I know there's been a battle, but who knows that next step of mandatory vaccination that's going to tighten things up and more people are going to lose their jobs and more people are going to be going home. And, uh, you know, this forced mandate situation. And then, of course, you have two political parties that are fighting one another, supposedly. I think at the top, the right and the left are probably in cahoots. They're all making trillions of dollars is what they're doing. They're all the politicians are getting filthy rich off of the people. And they don't mind if the people clash with one another. They've been made rich by this so-called, you know, right and left paradigm. So we have all this consternation coming. So what do you need? Well, you have to walk through it because you're in it. And death is a way out, but you can't kill yourself, and you don't want to hope for death, okay? But you don't also want to stand by waiting and say, well, I'm out of here any moment in a pre-trib rapture. You know, it can happen any day now, okay? That's not a good plan. There's only one thing to do, and that is to have the eyes of faith to see the invisible God to be able to endure to the end because all of these crises that are forming all over the world are only saying one thing. The word crises is a Greek word called crises, which is a word in the Bible we call judgment. And what we see in this multifaceted crises is multifaceted judgment upon a nation that has forsaken God and sinned against God. It's that simple. It's a biblical truth. It's a biblical reality. The things that are not, you know, the left is not our enemy. China is not our enemy. Russia is not our enemy. Islam is not our enemy. The enemy of America, and I know people don't like to hear it, but it's true. The enemy of America, the organization, the system, the corporation America, the enemy of America is God himself because America has sinned against God. America has passed laws that offend God, that are abominable, 
So America has grievously sinned against the Lord with, as you know, 90 million abortions. I was talking with our friends last night, and they were explaining to us the, the reality of the high-powered politicians and the people in Hollywood that are constantly drinking the blood of little boys and girls and aborted babies and how the adrenal gland is getting into their body to keep them young and useful, youthful. And I asked them, I said, do you really believe that? It was beyond anything else. Absolutely. There's proof that these people that are running this nation in the highest echelons of power are doing the most vampirish, draconian things that anybody's ever heard of before. And then I asked, well, how could God bless a nation whose leaders drink the blood of little children? And then they put all this baby product into your shampoo, into your soap, into your facial creams, everything that people are so vain upon putting on their body to make them youthful and young is coming from aborted feces. I mean, fetuses, I mean, that's unbelievable to me. And then to think that we live in a normal society and God's for America, it's a hard thing to really comprehend and understand. And there are so many other negative things going on. So all these multifaceted crises that are hitting, converging, like an acceleration of birth pangs, and that's what you're really looking at, are the birth pangs, okay? Well, they're coming faster and quicker now, and they're accelerating, so there's a lot more of it. And I'm sure in a few months, we're going to be seeing an exceedingly accelerated and intensification of the birth pangs. It's going to get more intense. This birthing is not going away. And you cannot sit back and say it's going away. What you need to be doing is understanding God's word, getting oil for your lamp, having strong faith to be able to see him who is invisible so that you'll be able to endure by being navigated by the direction that he will give you by the Holy Spirit. There's no mystery. There's no confusion. Every other nation in the history of the world, whether it was Israel whether it was Egypt or Rome or Babylon or any other nation that has ever committed the sins that our nation is now committing have all been destroyed, every single one of them. And it is the height of hubris to insist that this is not judgment, that this is the devil, that this is the work of the enemy. It is not the work of the enemy. It is not the devil. The devil and the enemy are the tools of God's judgment. He allows them to have this way because of the judgment. And in the midst of the judgment, have you seen a national outcry and a call for humility and repentance and call the church to repentance? That all those thousands of denominations would lay down their denominational influence, rally around the cross, gather together and pray to God for mercy and forgiveness for what we have done by chasing the things of this world and abandoning our true call to be salt and light in the earth. I haven't seen it. I haven't felt it. And yet I know that behind the scenes among the remnant, God is doing great things. I know that we stand back in Goshen watching what God's going to do to Egypt. And yet we have light. We have the blessing. A great transfer of wealth is coming to the ecclesia, the remnant, so that they can go out into the wilderness and prepare to go through the three-and-a-half-year great tribulation that the Bible actually talks about. So I think it's a very clear picture. And I want you to know something. Um, 
I'm ready to release, and I'm not going to do it today because I don't, you know, I, I want the environment to be absolutely perfect when I do this. I'm, I'm ready to release a teaching on the book of Revelation from beginning to end of that book because I've heard one too many preachers standing up talking to multitudes telling them that the church is not in the book of Revelation after chapter 3. And I'm going to refute that teaching by the grace and simplicity and let the word of God speak for itself. Some pastor told you, oh, there's no mention of the church in the book of Revelation after chapter 3. It's gone in the rapture. Well, I'm going to refute that idea with the word and show you it doesn't say that. Men are saying that, but the word of God does not say that. And I've got my notes. I'm lined up. I'm ready to go. I just want to be in a much better environment when we do it because this is, this is pretty awesome. I love being here, but it's not conducive to what I really want to get into. So that is my very brief, short introduction to today's broadcast. And I wanted to say it again that the way you and I are going to endure is to have the eyes of faith to see him who is invisible And when our eyes of faith are open, seeing beyond the storm and the crises, and that's what I really wanted you to look at, okay, the the multifaceted crises, the judgment that is accelerating and intensifying around the world, that's what it keeps doing. It keeps growing. Do you notice in the beginning of sorrow, uh, theology, it keeps getting more intense and more accelerated, and that's where we are right now. But it's in this environment that our faith, the eyes of our faith, need to see the God who is invisible through his word, by his spirit, and our faith being allowed to see. Again, the Apostle Paul was on a ship in the middle of the great storm, Eurachlodon, and it was there that he saw beyond the storm into the heavenly realms. He saw into the spirit. He saw the invisible God and was able to hear The whole book of Revelation is about hearing and seeing. After this, I heard. After this, I saw. It says it over and over. When you're in the spirit, you are able to hear and you are able to see the things of God. You're able to hear his voice. You're able to see what he is doing. The Holy Spirit has been given to us, Jesus said, to reveal to us things that are to come. You do not necessarily need to be a prophet to be able to know the things that are coming. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you so that you can tap into it and listen and see what God is doing. We had a blast this last weekend. We're having a blast right now. We have learned how to walk in the kingdom of heaven, to walk in the environment of the Spirit of God, Father God has blessed us so much to surround us with his protection and his glory and who have brought us this far in the journey. It is absolutely amazing how far God has brought us. I personally would have never dreamed that I would be this far down the road with the Lord. I thought by the time I was 25, I would have been off this earth, but God had a different plan. And at the age of 29, he put me in the ministry, and we've been running for 29 years. 
and we have been sharing the message. And what I keep saying is our message that never really changes, it's just the word of God, it is prevailing. It is the right message. It is the message that is taking place. It is the message that's taking place. So how are your eyes of faith doing today? How is your vision today? How are you seeing him who is invisible? That's what Moses did. And it's through these eyes of faith that you're going to look past these storms. You're going to look beyond the crises. And you're going to endure. You're going to go low and you're going to go through. You're going to go through. You're going to have to, like a woman in travail, when she's giving birth, she has to go through that intense trial to birth, okay? We, if we were all to leave, there'd be no birthing. If we were all to leave the planet, there'd be no birthing of anything. The ecclesia, the church, the new Jerusalem, the mother of us all would never give birth to the sons of God. In the time that we're living in in this world, the world is also birthing something. There are two births being born here, the sons of God and the Antichrist, the son of Satan, the son of perdition. I mean, there's, there are two births coming. And if people are gone, then there's no birthing. So how do you endure the tribulation? How do you endure the suffering? How do you endure the trial? How do we endure the, the persecution? By having eyes of faith that see the invisible God. You know, there's also another reality to overcomers, and that reality is simply if we have been obedient and if we have done what God has asked us to do, that God will make a way where there seems to be no way. We have said it many times in the book of Revelation, one of the churches, Philadelphia, that God said to them that I will keep you from the hour of temptation that will come upon the whole earth to try them to dwell upon the face of the earth. I will keep you protected. You won't have to go through that. You're not going to feel that. The Bible also tells us that there is a wilderness experience, that the woman is going to be given great wings as an eagle to fly into the wilderness where she goes to a place that God has prepared for her for three and a half years. So we know that there are people that are going to be moving in different directions by the Spirit because no man takes it unto himself to do anything. This is all being led by the Spirit. And anything that's not being led by the Spirit will utterly fail in terrible misery. I mean, you could have knowledge that trouble's coming and do everything in your power to get ready, but if you're not being led by the Spirit, if you're just being led by the bad report or the fear, you're not going to prosper. You have to be led by the Spirit. You have to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now. So when you're led by the Spirit, God will bring you into atmospheres. He'll bring you to environments that your faith will lead you to because you'll follow him, you'll see him, and you'll get to where you need to be. And that's what we want for you. We want you to have eyes of faith, to see the invisible God, to hear him, to be led by the Spirit, and to do what he says to do. And for those who are obedient to obey his word and do what he says to do, to recognize what's really going on, God has a good plan for many people. Again, I don't believe the great tribulation is for the elect and for the righteous. 
I believe it's for the lukewarm and the compromised. It's for the carnal. It's for those who are more fleshly. Okay, I do believe that the great tribulation is to bring a cleansing to the body of Christ, to deal with the spots and wrinkles that the modern-day church is not dealing with. There's very little brokenness and repentance and transformation. And, and again, this is not a criticism. It's an observation. And so all the, all the religion in the world is not going to solve this problem. The only way to really be assured of a directional movement of the Holy Spirit is to make sure that we've been sanctified, which is a finished work but needs to be uh, effective by those of us who will go after it utilize the tools that have been given to us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling and just come to that place. So I've been gabbing along, gabbing along, gabbing along here. So it's, it's just uh, this time, this time. So praise the Lord. Let me say good morning to a few friends out there. Probably scaring the daylights out of people with this sun in the face and all that. But once and again, Charlotte Gotch is with us today. Charlotte, God bless your heart. And thank you for being that early bird that catches the worm. Hallelujah. I pray that God blesses you richly for that. I see our dear sister Shirley and Mike Woosley. Uh, Good morning to all in that beautiful place. Yes, thank you so very much. It is beautiful. We just got here last night when it was dark, so we're going to experience our first part of the day today. Paul Jack is with us. Good morning, Paul. In the name of Jesus Christ, we command... You, by the spirit of the living God, to be resurrected and quickened out of that Savannah, Georgia area, out of that hospital, to get up and to get out and to get where you're supposed to be in God's perfect timing. In Jesus' name, you will not die there. You're going to go through this experience, and you're going to come out exactly where God wants you to be in Jesus' name. So good morning to my brother, Paul. Uh, Kevin Hauger is with us this morning. Praise the Lord, saying great prayer. Yeah. You know why I read that prayer in the beginning of the broadcast, by the way? It was so amazing. When Chris and Maxine were with us the last three days, yesterday morning when the conference was over, Facebook put that in my memory. It just flashed on my Facebook page from seven years ago in October of 2014. And the things that were said in that prayer were exactly what they were ministering to Spirit of God. So that's why we did it. I see that uh, Cindy Messman is with us today. Cindy, I trust you're getting close to the finish line right now in the 21-day challenge. God bless you. Stay the course. Stay focused and keep doing that right thing. It's almost over now. Praise the Lord. I see our sister Laquita Sizemore is with us saying, good morning. I read this very chapter this morning and got this revelation. Wow, God. You know, the word wow means, Sister Laquita, without words, right? Without words. Wow. And I agree with that. God has been wowing his kids for a long time. And there's so many more wows coming for his kids. I see uh, Pastor Denny Sossman is with us today saying good morning and amen. Good morning to you, Pastor Dennis Sossman. God bless you and your lovely wife, Sally. The two of you serving as one pastoral ministry. And God's about to launch you guys into some incredible stuff. I know that's true. Uh, Kevin Hauger, Brother Paul, it's great to see that you're up and Adam. Be blessed. All right, so Paul, you got a lot of love coming in your direction. I see Chuck Eastridge has given us an amen this morning. God bless you, Chuck. Melissa Fletcher, Pastor Melissa, Melissa and Chad Hey, I'm so sorry about your son. He was running that race, and he pulled a hamstring and wasn't able to finish the way he wanted to, but there's a reason for everything. 
and may God bless him. He's got a long life ahead of him in Jesus' name. Uh, Kevin and Hauger, Kevin Hauger, what Chris and Maxine imparted upon everyone that came to this conference was a strong foundation in Jesus' words, but also in the fellow, into the fellowship to understand where we come from. Yeah, amen to that. That was an excellent word. Uh, I see our brother Chuck saying amen. Sarah Anchorman is with us this morning. Sarah, I saw that you and your husband on Facebook were celebrating an anniversary as well, so happy anniversary to you and your hubby, and God bless you and your family. Uh, Pastor Melissa said amen in agreement for Paul's healing. Mia Yabinez, where are you? Where am I? It's a secret location somewhere. Now, we're in Sarasota, Florida. Mia, God bless you. Cindy Messman, doing great. Praise the Lord. Good, Cindy. That's who is finishing her 21 day. Samuel Grimes, good morning, Pastor. Good word. We have to walk in faith. We sure do, Sam. Praise the Lord. True faith, not religious faith, right? We have to have eyes of faith that see the invisible God. Man, is that awesome. Cindy, Paul, praying for you. So, Paul, more prayer coming in your direction. And um, Mia's saying, so pretty. Yeah, you know where we are, Mia? At our friend's house in Sarasota. We're close to one of the nicest beaches in Sarasota. And uh, it's a beautiful area. And our friends are beautiful people. We have late-night discussions about the Word of God. They love the Lord. They have been so generous for years. They, we were uh, Christine's pastor for a long time in San Diego. And then when we were getting ready to come here, she came first, and that was to Arkansas. And then when she left San Diego to go to Arkansas, uh, then she wound up getting married, and she came here. And so we're still in contact, and they bless us so wonderfully, and we're so thankful for that. Thank you for the blessing. All right, so Sarah's saying thank you. You're welcome, Sarah. And um, so how do I kind of wrap up this moment today? How do I do this? I am preparing to share a message out of the book of Revelation with a different um, idea behind it. It's not just a teaching. It's going after a doctrine that I've heard so many pastors say to the multitudes the church is not in the book of Revelation. And they say that to substantiate the doctrine of pre-tribulational rapture. And so I thought, well, Lord, let me go into the book of Revelation. Let me, by your Holy Spirit, study, and let me see where it says that. It doesn't say it. In fact, you're going to be surprised by the true message. So I'm preparing that, the teaching on the book of Revelation. Hey, I want to shout out to our dear friends in Honduras, Brian and Kathy, because they tuned into the broadcast over the weekend to see the conference and just always want to mention you guys personally. Hopefully tomorrow I'll be able to bring you into the broadcast, Kathy and Brian, so we can have you speak to the body of Christ. The storm is upon us. It's everywhere and it's growing just like the Bible said it would. You need to be a wise virgin, get a lot of oil. There's no energy crisis in the kingdom of heaven. There's no oil crisis in the kingdom of heaven. There is plenty of energy. There's plenty of anointing. There's plenty of wisdom. There's plenty of everything. You need every bit of it. I need every bit of it. We need every bit of it. And we desire to walk with wise virgins. We do not, we cannot afford to walk with foolish virgins. They may be believers, but they're foolish to not be preparing for what is coming down the pike. So may God lead and direct every one of us. 
into the fruitful fellowship of wise virgins connecting all over this world, gathering together by the Spirit of the Lord, seeing with the eyes of faith the invisible God, hearing him say, this is the way, walking in it, and even in the midst of the storm. That's why we do not promote fear. We do not promote drama. We promote the Word of God. We look at the signs of the times through the biblical lens. We give interpretation to it. That is our assignment. That is our calling. And we want to walk with you. We still are called to start home fellowships all over this country. And we're still going to do it. And we're still laboring. And we're still raising up the five-fold ministry builders to go to homes all over this country. Right now, it's just kind of a whatever uh, hesitation is. But the doors are going to open. The time will come. And it will be quick. And we're going to see the glory of God back in the homes where seven or eight or 12 or 15 or 20 or 30 or 50 or 70 saints of God will be gathering. I grew up in a home fellowship. There was over 60 people in that home. And we got together. We were sitting on the steps and we were laying on the floor and sitting in chairs and in different rooms, peering into the living room where the, the, the pastor, my pastor, our Paul Carroll, who's truly an apostle, and Patricia were ministering the word, and the presence of God was so powerful. Healings, signs, wonders, deliverance, salvation, we sought and experienced it all. We, um, we know that the, the church began 2,000 years in homes, and God's bringing the glory back into the homes. He's going to do it. It's going to be rich, and it's going to be led by the Spirit of the living God And it's brilliant. It is going to be brilliant. And you want to get in on that glory. Wise virgins gathering together, getting filled with the glory and the oil of God to be able to go through the times that lie ahead. Yep, that's our work to get everybody positioned. I see Brian and Kathy are with us right now saying good morning. God bless you, Brian and Kathy. Uh, We love you guys. It's also possible, Brian and Kathy, that you all will be our guest speakers, and if need be, it will be by YouTube or, or some other mechanism, like you spoke to us during the Feast of Tabernacles, we may just turn over the weekend to you guys to minister the Word of God to the body. That may be a possibility. We're praying about that as well. Praise the Lord. So where do I go from here? Where do I go from here? Praise the God. It looks like... Um, I think we're doing all right on everything. I think it's time to say goodbye. I like Andre Pocelli. Time to say goodbye. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay the course. Pray. Ask the Holy Spirit to guide you to the wise virgins. Pray that prayer. Say, Father, guide me to wise virgins and make me a wise virgin. And let me be led and directed and guided. And I want you to really begin to pray this prayer, okay? Saints, you ready? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, here's the nugget. This is Jesus, his word. Begin to pray that your flight be not in the winter. Pray that your flight, your movement into the prepared place of God isn't in the winter. In other words, get there ahead of time or pray that it doesn't happen until the spring. In some parts of the world, that's going to be critical. So, Father, we ask you to get us to where we need to be before the winter or that you'll hold things off until the spring. I heard a month ago, you have five months 
to get into position. I'm just going with the flow. I believe that was the Holy Spirit. Five months to get into position. That doesn't mean sit around and eat cupcakes and ding-dongs for five months. That means move now to be in place and to be set by those five months. What is the spring going to bring? Here's one thing I could tell you for sure that the man who works for Walmart told me. He told me by April, the soaring prices of just a pair of tennis shoes is going to be off the charts. That's why he said, whatever you need, get it now. I'm not hyper-sensationalizing anything. I'm telling you what I've been hearing first by the Holy Spirit, the Word of God confirming it, and then around and about me. It's happening everywhere. Big battles going on. Big battles. The politicians in America have made themselves rich, both the ones on the left and the right. The federal government has just allowed trillions to flow into their direction, into their pockets. And they may have a paradigm, and it may appear that they're against one another. I don't think they really care if the people that say they're on the right and they say they're on the left clash and go into civil war. I believe they are making themselves filthy rich. And I'm not so sure any part of this government today is really for the people anymore. I think they are for themselves. I think they only care about themselves and their posterity. And they're leaving us to a climate and an environment that is going to be very hostile, that is going to reduce population in our nation just through civil war, let alone all the other mechanisms of crises that are already here. And having said that, I'm going to say goodbye. God bless you. Have a blessed day in the Lord and be praying. Lord, let not my flight be in the winter and net, network me, knit me to wise virgins. Shalom. Have a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow.